the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering, folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, it's time for our legal segment. With us is one of Rhode Island top attorneys, Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to start off the um, June. started with a bang with the uh, riot outside or Providence and the mall and so forth. And uh, they are finally getting around to going through some tape and looking at some of the surveillance tape and making arrests. And, um, and they are still on the hunt for some of the more serious crimes, but people wondering what were some of the ramifications there, they, they have now been making some arrests with some of the people involved with the riot that happened the night of, uh, of June 2nd. Yes. It's, it's, it's an interesting world we live in, John, as we've seen with all these police videos, everyone's got a smartphone, everyone's videoing everything. Um, It's very hard to do anything out there without being captured. If you're doing something inappropriate, Um, many, many stores and businesses and governmental buildings have um, exterior video cameras and certainly this is not a case of the same magnitude or gravity of the, um, of the um, bombing um, during um, the um, marathon in Boston. But as we saw in that case, uh, the perpetrators were um, discovered rather quickly by looking at all the available uh, video surveillance material. And similarly in Providence, the police have been looking at all the video surveillance material that's re- um, again, from government buildings, offices, businesses, and they've identified at least three at this point individuals um, that they've identified, uh, three gentlemen from Warwick, I believe, and they've been charged um, with inciting a riot. Um, one of the problems is under Rhode Island law, um, the charge of inciting a riot um, is a misdemeanor. So it's a crime, if proved, which is punishable by up to a year in jail and up to a $1,000 fine. So in the universe of criminal law, this is a pretty um, minor offense, if you will. It's only a misdemeanor. They're still looking for other um, perpetrators who might be involved in more felonious conduct, some of which might be referred to the feds. Um, torching a police vehicle could be charged as a federal crime. Um, 
there's other crimes such as the uh, breaking and entering, the uh, robberies, the looting. Those crimes, if they can identify suspects from the available surveillance material, could be far more significant. But um, I think it's a good start that the Providence PD is looking at this seriously and trying to um, bring all of these um, criminal violators uh, to justice. Unfortunately, yep. unfortunately, John, it's not going to be a big deal because any misdemeanor like this typically gets plea bargained away with essentially a slap on the wrist unless you've got a significant past criminal history. Yeah, from what I understand, um, the, the, the one that they're really still looking for was that uh, St. Pierre shoe store. It's right on on um, Washington Street, and that is the one right down from the Strand there, down from uh, City Hall. And that is the one where not only did they break into the shoe store, that's one thing, but they, they torched it and it was on fire. There is video of that, by the way, of that on fire. And, uh, and it, there were apartments above uh, the sprinklers, fortunately, in that uh, St. Pierre shoe. Um, the sprinklers did actually were effective inside and in putting out the fire. But, Tim, as we've um, briefly mentioned in the past, that from what I understand, that's the one that law enforcement's really looking after because if they could capture or find out who was responsible for that, that, Tim Dodd, is a far more serious crime. That's, that would be a first-degree arson charge. Even if you're a first-time offender, even if you've never done anything criminal in your past, you've got a clean record, if you get rung up in charge on a first-degree arson case, that's jail for wow. sure. For sure. Um, and you could do significant jail time for that. Also, the B&E, the breaking and entering, that's a jail case, even if you're a first-time offender. But the arson, because it's not a vacant building, but it's an inhabited building, as you point out, there's apartments above. If they get that person and they um, bring a prosecution forward and they can get that person dead to rights, Jail. That's a for sure jail case. Mm -hmm. Tim Dodd, uh, this past Sunday, there were some protesters in St. Louis. And boy, that video and photo. Time we're living in. And so as some of the protesters are making their way to, I believe, the mayor of St. Louis's home, they decide to break through a gate or there was a gate open. They go end up on private property. And this this couple, this uh, husband and wife attorney, in St. Louis, this beautiful mansion that they live in, they uh, find themselves out on the front lawn, and then the crowd is threatening. I think there were 300 of them. They're going to shoot their dog. They're going to come into their house. And, boy, the footage just gripped the nation where um, the, uh, the the gentleman, the husband, he's got a an AR-15, and the wife's got a – I think it's a um, – she has a revolver or a handgun, definitely um, – but Tim Dodd, now there's talk that they may actually be charged with some some sort of a crime. They call it the St. Louis gun couple. Yes, they do. Um, and again, not to be repetitive, but everything is on video. Whatever you do these days, you're going to be on you're on candid camera, and um, depending on your conduct, it could really bite you in the fanny if um, things don't go your way. But as to this couple. This is the new trend. These rioters and protesters have announced in various cities and, you know, states around the country that they're not just going to stick to businesses. They're not just going to stick to looting uh, business establishments. They've threatened to go to, some, let's call it, nicer neighborhoods. And maybe they're going to start doing B&Es of houses that look like they're um, occupied by, you know, uh, wealthy um, owners who might have nice goodies inside that somebody would like to steal and pillage and rampage. And that's been threatened around the country. So this group um, wants to go pay a visit to the mayor. The mayor lives in a nice gated community. This 300 plus group of um, protesters, be they peaceful or be they less than peaceful, um, I don't think you're peaceful when you're crashing down gates so you can get through into um, getting onto private property. Um, again, they're described as peaceful. Not sure that's particularly peaceful. 
They came with a mission. They came in um, announcing exactly where they were going, when they were going, what they were going to do. So this couple is out front letting these protesters know um, we're here, we're armed, and we feel threatened. And um, the gentleman, he's a lawyer, but he's, I think, talking way too much, has been talking in the media saying that they felt threatened as to what this crowd was doing. Um, he really shouldn't say anything, but that ship has sailed. The um, district attorney for St. Louis is now trying to make headlines, and I believe she is elected, so she's going to be looking to curry favor with the electorate, saying, we're going to bring charges against these people. We're not going to let this type of conduct stand in the face of peaceful protesters. Um, so she rushes to a conclusion that the protesters were peaceful and that uh, what these, uh, this uh, gun-toting couple did was criminal. There could be, there could be, John, a, a, a relatively significant felony charge that could result from this. In the state of Missouri, there's a felony that can be charged when a person, quote, exhibits in the presence of one or more persons any weapon readily capable of lethal use in an angry or threatening manner. So if it's determined that this couple was brandishing these weapons, and I believe the guy was pointing them in a general manner at this crowd of protesters, so is that in an angry or threatening manner? If you do that, you could be, upon conviction, be sentenced to up to four years in prison um, or a $10,000 fine. That's significant. Yeah. Now, however, Missouri also has... Um, um, a statutory scheme that says um, deadly force cannot be used. And of course, it wasn't used here. There were, a, a weapon was brandished, but deadly force can't be used unless such force is used against a person who unlawfully enters, remains after unlawful entry, or attempts to unlawfully enter private property that is owned or leased by an individual. So, do you have as a property owner the right to use deadly force if someone unlawfully enters and remains on your private property? Right. The statutory in Missouri suggests that you can. So it seems to me this couple could well get charged with some sort of criminal um, violation because the political climate is right to do that. And if you're the DA and if you're elected, you score political points by bringing these charges. As we've seen happening all over the country. Many times charges are brought prematurely. Um, we know that in Georgia, the DA is in a tough election race. So to curry favor with the electorate, he charged the, uh, the police there in Atlanta, I believe, prematurely. Should they have been charged? Perhaps ultimately, but after a thorough investigation. He popped off and filed charges almost instantaneously as the DA to curry political favor. If this couple is charged, I think it's a very winnable case. It's a very defendable case. And I don't think they'll be convicted of anything. Folks, it's uh, John DePietro with us. Attorney Tim Dodd coming up. We are going to touch on the uh, situation in Narragansett when they're changing the uh, students per house. Also, JCLS and uh, Representative Blake Flippy in the news. That was uh, quite a press conference. That and a lot more uh, with attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local AKA sleep at home drivers, class AB, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A professionals. You're trying to run your business Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, 
go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA Professionals, 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 from MEGA Professionals. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 401- 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service, bucket truck service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment, plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the john DePietro show with us is attorney tim dodd Tim, um, this segment, I'd like to start off with the situation down in Narragansett, where they, um, from what I understand, they would like to try to have more of a uh, family community, have families living in more of these houses. You do have a lot of people, they just buy homes, they use them as uh, investment properties where they rent to a bunch of students. There's always problems in the, uh, during the school year with the URI students. I mean, that's just the nature of any college and college students. And, and this is different, though, because I don't think I've heard of this in the past where the Narragansett Town Council wants to limit the number of people that can live. You know, a lot of times they have four or five students that live in a house, and, uh, and they'd like to limit that now in Narragansett. It, it's been a vexing problem in Narragansett for years and years, and really for PCs had problems with student housing. Uh, Narragansett's had a unique problem with student housing. I know when I was of college age and for years since, I know a lot of rental properties in uh, Narragansett rent, not so much this by a price of the house or the apartment, but by the number of bedrooms. It's a, so if you've got a two-bedroom, you get X. If you've got a four-bedroom, you get Y. Um, and that's sort of the way the rental process has gone. Um, on the one hand, these rental properties um, are valuable and landlords look for them because they can be profitable. It helps to create and maintain uh, property values. Um, but it also can create havoc in neighborhoods. I know in particular, um, Bonnet Shores has problems every year with um, the student renters. The Eastward Look area has problems with student renters. So now the town council is trying to do something about it. There's a Rhode Island Supreme Court case um, that interpreted a providence statute of a similar nature was constitutional in limiting um, each rental unit um, to up to three students. So it's a unit or a dwelling. Now, Narragansett has had a system where they have limited it to four students. And one of the disturbing aspects of it is they talk about students. 
So they can't, you can't have more than three students. Um, other towns and communities have tried to make it three, or it's, let's assume it's three, and sometimes it's four, unrelated um, individuals. Well, that would include students. But is it going to be uniformly um, in assume you've got three young professionals or four young professionals or five young professionals who want to rent a house or an apartment, but they're not students. Are they going to be treated the same or is this a statute in Narragansett going to attempt to target students to the exclusion of others? I think there's going to be some um, constitutional questions raised yet again. Now the Rhode Island Supreme Court has ruled but my understanding is the Narragansett proposed statute um, modifies and attempts to change some of the language that was in the um, Narragansett, excuse me, the Providence statute, which they attempted to sort of copy and work off of. Um, there's also going to be a problem of enforcement. Many of those who oppose this, um, and most of them are landlords, by the way, saying, well, how are you going to enforce this? We don't have enough police as it is. And how are we going to enforce and go in and check and ask for IDs and demand to know who's living in an apartment? Um, there's probable cause issues. There's just the ability of the town to keep up. The other thing which I think is rather stunning is the proposed, the proposed ordinance that Narragansett is, Narragansett is looking to put into place the penalty for violating it. So you're a landlord, the limit's three. You say, to heck with it, I'm going to rent to these four people. The, the proposed fine is $500 per day. And every day constitutes a new violation. So <laughs> every day that you would have more than three people renting an apartment or a dwelling from you as a landlord, you could be fined up to $500 for each day. Oh, which is excessive. Yeah, it's thirty five hundred dollars a week. Yeah, wow. so you've got you've got two very distinct camps. You've got students who say, "Listen, there's not enough on campus housing at URI." Right. So we got to go somewhere. So we're going to be renting apartments in the surrounding communities. Um, the landlords who own real estate are saying, "Our ability to rent." to four kids versus three kids has a direct impact on the value of this real estate. Mm. If we can only rent to three kids, our property is worth less. Any investor is going to do the math and um, property values are going to go down, mm. which means that uh, real estate taxes collected are going to go down. And if those tax revenues go down, they're going to have to be made up somewhere else. So for most people, the current situation is good. For the folks who live next door to or in the community where there might be a house full of unruly students, it's dreadful to have to live with the, um, the disruption that, that these situations can cause. Yeah. If landlords better maintained their properties and didn't allow you know, kids to get out of hand, this probably wouldn't be an issue. But uh, I, I think this particular town council is likely to um, go ahead and um, pass an ordinance for this three-person maximum. I think after the election cycle in November, you might see a reversal of that position because it's going to be a totally different council. Tim Dodd, how serious is the situation in Providence where the, uh, the whole pension thing, where they thought they were on firm ground and they stopped the colas and all of a sudden it turns out, boy, they, uh, they guessed wrong and maybe not immediately, but Mayor Alors is already sounding the alarms that this uh, this could be dire warnings for Providence. This is a big deal. I mean, it was a it was a, it was a front page article, but it wasn't a particularly detailed article in the Projo. Um, Judge Taft Carter had three of her separate decisions regarding all the pension reform cases um, overturned in the Rhode Island Supreme Court this week, and the implications are significant. Most importantly is the issue of COLAs for retirees. Now, back during the Palino administration and during the Buddy Two administrations, um, contracts were negotiated with fire and police, which provided on average a 5% COLA 
for retirement benefits annually, which is enormous, John. That that that's a budget buster. And by the time um, Mayor Tavares came in, he's looked at the the math and sounded the alarm that this was a Category 5 hurricane, if you'll recall. One example, which has recently been uh, cited as an example of of how this 5% COLA works, is there was one uh, Providence fire chief who retires in 1991 his salary at the time was $63,000 and change. By 2014, he was receiving an annual pension benefit of $196,813. That's right. So take that guy and multiply him by many, many others. Um, you can see how this all explodes a budget and it's unsustainable and the politicians who allowed this to happen um, either weren't paying attention or they knew the implications, but they were looking for short-term um, electoral gain at the price of uh, a real, real financial problem for future um, taxpayers. So now Judge um, Taft Carter had found that the um, revisions to um, suspending COLAs somewhat indefinitely she thought it was okay. The Supreme Court said no, because by indefinitely um, stopping the colas um, was an unlawful taking. So it's taking something that the retirees were expecting to receive. The revisions, which the Superior Court Justice approved, said that the colas could resume when the pension fund was 70% funded. But when that matter was part of the evidence that was um, adduced at trial showed that it's going to take 24 years if everything goes right to get that pension fund up to the 70% threshold. 24 years, most if not all of these retirees will be dead and they will have never received the benefit they were expecting during their lifetimes. So the Supreme Court has said, no, um, the court was incorrect in allowing this um, delay in COLAs to remain until it could be 24 years. So the reversal sends the case back to the Superior Court for the judge to reconsider what's a reasonable time frame before these COLAs should be kicked back in. Um, this will probably wind up in the Supreme Court again, but the implication is if this COLA issue is... Um, determined in a manner after the superior court reviews it again in such a way that providence is going to be paying out they're going to be paying out millions and millions and millions of dollars mm. um it's not a sustainable situation i mean i i think if this all goes wrong you know, no politician would ever say it but i'm not a politician i can say it if this all goes wrong you know, Providence might be looking at a Detroit situation where they've got to file bankruptcy to yeah. control their future um, pension and payout expenditures. They're going to have to consider something. They're not there yet. This is going back to the Superior Court, John. But this Supreme Court decision um, is a very dire warning for the city of Providence as to what the future may hold. I know before they um, suspended the COLA that Gilbert McLaughlin the journal had mapped out if he had lived to be 100 years old, uh, when he was 100, his yearly pension payout would be $800,000 a year because of the COLAs. Folks, coming up, we are going to touch on the JCLS controversy. Also, Supreme Court weighs in on religious schools and programs. It's all ahead right here with attorney Tim Dodd on the John DePietro Show. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401-710-7096, 401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401 401- 710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at, at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said, Ryan's appliance repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, 
uh, dryer, excuse me, within five minutes. And then I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make uh, microwave popcorn and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor. And he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. Remember, for your business, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer Pickup and Delivery. 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. With us is Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, um, uh, the, uh, without going too much into it, but Blake Flippy raised uh, some issues about the JCLS, and, and it's just an interesting time we're living in. When people talk about they want documents because a case involving the speaker, you have to clarify which case you're talking about. But um, what about this argument that uh, they cannot get these, these documents from this JCLS committee that, uh, that the speaker, Mattiello, controls? Blake Filippi has a point, but I'm not sure if he's um, handling the point that he may have to his best advantage or appropriately. He is the secretary of the JCLS, and he complains, rightfully so, that the JCLS has not met in over 10 years. Um, So he's the secretary of an organization that doesn't meet. In the context of the Jet Brit criminal case, Brit's attorney has asked, excuse me, has subpoenaed uh, seeking records from the JCLS for records of, um, I believe it's monies that may have been received from the federal government for census purposes. Now, that's sort of an odd thing to be requesting um, if you're defending Jeff Brit on a specific money laundering charge. Now, one would presume that um, Blake Filippi is the minority leader or in his capacity as the secretary of this JCLS, there must be legal counsel. There's so many attorneys on the state payroll up at that state house. He should be speaking about this through legal counsel. If there are no documents, that requires an appropriate response from legal counsel. Before he comes out and says, we don't have anything or whatever his position is, If the documents that are being sought aren't relevant, he, through his attorneys, whoever that might be, should be filing an objection and moving to strike the subpoena request um, and force Britt's attorney to explain what the relevance is of determining how much federal money has been obtained or spent or utilized for um, census purposes uh, before any such documents would have to be produced. So before you come out and say, well, we don't have any of this stuff, now you've already answered the question, which may or may not be a true answer, um, that misses the point that Brit should not be on a fishing expedition for something that may or may not be relevant. Filippi's point is, well, if Mattiello, um, one of his uh, associates during his election cycle, um, 
is now charged criminally and is now asking for records from a committee that Mediello um, heads, how can uh, defense counsel or the court be assured that they're getting a straight response um, from something that Mediello controls? That's the political talking point that Blake Filippi wants to make. And he's attempting to show that, you know, Mattiello is compromised in a number of different ways on this. So good, he's made his political point, but the legal ramifications of is what's being requested relevant? Should it be produced? Is there anything to be produced? Should have been handled in a totally different manner. I don't think what um, Brit's attorneys are looking for, based on what I know so far, has any relevance to the money laundering charge. Um, and that should be put before a judge before Filippi says anything about his role as secretary, if there are records or if there are not records. Um, again, people should use their lawyers a little bit more before they just blurt things out, which you can't then take back. Tim Don, what about this uh, situation with the Supreme Court? And uh, there's always some kind of a, a question of battle, but the Supreme Court decision regarding religious schools and uh, school choice programs. It's, it's an interesting case. It's a somewhat narrow case. Um, you know, folks in favor of school choice um, are crowing about this decision being, you know, highly significant. Um, it does have some significance this regards a very specific Montana statute. Um, Montana has a scheme where you could, as a, as a taxpayer, if you make contributions um, for um, school choice initiatives, you could take yourself a tax credit. So you make a contribution, you get a tax credit. So the school choice um, schools are getting funds the taxpayer is getting a tax benefit. It's a win-win. However, Montana had a statutory scheme whereby um, the monies that were contributed could not be utilized to fund scholarships for faith-based schools because the Montana statute had a specific provision that a faith-based school is not a qualified educational provider. That's a quote. It is, quote, not a qualified educational provider. So whether you have a Catholic school or a Jewish school or any other school that is headed by a religious denomination, a Quaker school, whatever you might have, could not utilize these tax-funded monies um, to fund scholarships in a school choice situation. And the Supreme Court ruled that that was unconstitutional, that you could not bar the use of these um, tax-collected funds and bar them being utilized to fund scholarships for faith-based schools. So that's a small win. Um, it has significance, but I don't think it's going to really change the landscape in the fight that's ongoing between you know school choice issues. But it's a win for, let's say, the religious slash school choice side of the argument. And it's a ruling against the uh, very secular um, union-driven um, attempt to uh, freeze um, mostly uh, private Catholic schools around the country from That's participating right. in these programs. Hey, Tim, uh, Tim Dodd, just uh, in our remaining time, two quick cases. One I do want to get to the Supreme Court, the Louisiana case, but if you could just touch on the Justin Bieber situation, because I think that's interesting. He's a celebrity. Someone made some, uh, this girl made some outrageous accusations. And instead of blowing it off, not only did he detail go after the accuser, but now he's bringing um, a, a, a lawsuit against this person that made these, what he's saying is fake uh, or false accusations against him. Uh, yes, there have been two women um, who have on their Twitter accounts made allegations that one of them claims to have been raped by Justin Bieber in the state of Texas back in 2014 and another um, accuser on Twitter. Um, we think it's another person. We really don't know if it's the same person or two different people claims that um, 
Justin Bieber raped her at a Four Seasons, I think, in 2017, I believe. Now, apparently, based upon what the Bieber camp has put out there into the um, um, media, that he knows who these people are. It's one or two people that they are super fans, that they they follow him around like they're groupies. They're always trying to get his attention and um, they're sort of obsessed with him. That's the Bieber story. Bieber claims that he's got an ironclad alibi that these stories that have been uh, put forth are completely false, completely made up. He's got an ironclad alibi and that um, these allegations that have been put into the public um, discourse and media um, slander him or liable him or both. So he is now suing them for defamation. And in this Me Too world that we live in, I think that he is smart from a public um, perception and a publicity standpoint to get ahead of this thing and to file suit saying, you're defaming me. This is all lies. This is not true. I'm suing you each for $10 million a piece. Is he going to ever collect $10 million a piece from these people? Who knows? I mean, that's what he's asked for, and it makes for a good headline. But I think what he's doing um, strategically is very intelligent. It's very similar. It reminds me, I should say, of the Taylor Swift case, where she went after that um, guy for allegedly yeah. grabbing her butt during the DJ. A, during yeah. the DJ. Was she ever going to get money out of him? No. Uh, which is going to cost her a lot of money to litigate the case. Yes. Um, but she wanted to prove a point um, and almost send out a warning to people in the future. If you think you're going to get away with this type of conduct, you're not going to get away with it with me. So Justin Bieber is a young guy. He's got a lot of money. Um, it's very easy to make an allegation. And if these two uh, people are making false allegations, Everyone in the Me Too movement should be, you know, supporting what Bieber's doing because it doesn't help anyone who has a legitimate Me Too complaint to stand by and observe someone making a completely false Me Too allegation, if in fact mm -hmm. it's false. So right. Bieber's, Bieber's way out ahead of this. I think that his team has um, instituted a very intelligent strategy to tamp this down and let a, let a warning be out there to others in the world. If you want to make a false allegation against me, um, I'm coming after you. And by doing this, whenever you have a libel or a slander case, the, def the best defense for these two women would be if it's true. Truth is your defense. If they sure. can't prove that it's true, um, they're going to come out of this looking extremely poorly. Um. We're um, we're short on time, only two minutes. But, Tim, I would like if you could just in our remaining two minutes, touch on the Supreme Court decision with the Louisiana case. Yes, this is a case where um, two years, I think two or three years ago, there was a Texas statue very similar, which didn't outlaw abortions or limit abortions, but it limited uh, abortion facilities, abortion clinics had to have um, the, the doctors at these abortion clinics would have to have uh, admitting privileges at a nearby hospital, I think within a 30 or 35 mile range. The Supreme Court said um, that that was unconstitutional because it created an unreasonable limitation on a, a facility's ability to perform abortions. So it, this was a case about the abortion facilities, not any particular person saying I've been denied an abortion. The real interesting part of this case is uh, the role of the Chief Justice John Roberts. Roberts was a dissenter, and the Supreme Court ruled a couple of years ago that the Texas statute um, was unconstitutional on the same grounds. Roberts dissented. On this case, he joined with the majority saying that it's basically uh, now a legal precedent which must be followed. Um, that gets into the notion of what is established law, what is, what is settled law. The Supreme Court changes the law all the time. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, abortions were illegal until Roe v. Wade said they were. Gay marriages were illegal until the Supreme Court said, no, no, they're legal. So settled law is never really settled for all time. It's always subject to change. Now, the fact that Roberts went from being a dissenter to joining the majority on the same issue, and he falls back on the notion that you must follow uh, judicial precedent, um, has caused furor amongst conservative groups, has caused um, glee amongst liberal groups, and really has the legal world scratching their head about what's John Roberts doing, because he's taken two sides of the same issue in a two-year span. Um, I think that he has a point to be made that you should follow precedent. But if that's the case, then Roberts will in the future likely rule with um, those favoring keeping uh, Roe v. Wade intact. Because if he's going to say, well, we've got to follow precedent, Roe v. Wade's the law, then yeah. I, we can't change it. But um, let's say gay marriage, the justices said, no, we're not going to follow precedent. We're going to change the law right now. And they, they articulated appropriate grounds. So Roberts is in a box, I think, going forward. When is he going to say it's precedent? I got to rely on it. And when is he going to say, no, it's not precedent. It's precedent. It's time to change it. Um, it makes him a real wild card for the foreseeable future. Folks, he is our legal expert, uh, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. Happy Fourth of July. We'll talk to you again. Thanks. Happy Fourth to you, John. Take care. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today, your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025, 401-392-1025, or online, they have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control, annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor at Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025. Lawn doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line. Lawn doctor. Go online. Check them out. It's lawndoctor.com or call them today, 401 401- 392-1025. Lawn Doctor. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401 401- 617-2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Soft Wash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property with Bethel certified soft wash power wash now jared he came to our house folks it looks brand new get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house looks. It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said, it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 
$25.85. Find them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's going to make your property, your home, your deck, your walkway, any outdoor surface. He can get rid of it as far as the algae, mildew, gets rid of it with a very safe solution. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM. 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, DePietro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that, on the dashboard, at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. Now remember, Johnson Propane. You can call Phil, 621-8129. Think of this, since 1971, Johnson Propane. Phil, right there, 904 Manton Avenue, easy to find, right next door to Wendy's, in front of the Stop and Shop. It's Johnson Propane, seven days a week from 9 to 7. You can call them at 621-8129. This is where you want to get all your propane tanks filled. And folks, Phil never runs out. Now here's the thing about Johnson Propane. 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, right in front of the Stop and Shop. He will refill your Blue Rhino tank. Now, most of the time when you take it somewhere, they swap it out. It's 22 bucks. Now with Phil, $15. Seven days a week, all your propane, drive in, no wait. He never runs out. Johnson Propane. Since 1971, Mayor Dorley cut the ribbon on it. Phil Johnson is right there. You know why? People know he's reliable for propane bring in your blue rhino tank think of this you bring in two of them saving seven dollars in each one most of the time it's 22 and they'll swap it out not with phil you're saving basically close to 15 dollars stop it and see him over the next few months you're going to want to be outside you're going to want to grill you're going to need your propane johnson propane 621-8129-904 manton avenue in providence right at the back of rhode island college front of stop and shop right next door to wendy's stop it and see phil he's open seven days a week from nine to seven get all the propane you need he doesn't run out at johnson propane mega logistics they're there to help you give them a call today 401-431-2300 mega mega logistics if you have freight you need freight goods third-party brokerage for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.